0: I wish I could do a David Attenborough board so I could narrate you going to shut the window.
1: A male approaches the window. He is tired, way past his prime. He knows the days for his passing on his genes are few and fewer. But his hope is high. In comes a female. <laughs> Through the window. She, she is ignored. He is too tired of her shit. He is too tired of everyone's shit soon it'll be winter and he shall retire to his cave perhaps to emerge alive
0: is there a more melancholy phrase than soon it will be winter
1: <laughs> I don't think so <laughs> a storm was coming no that the, the storm thing is more That's like ominous, ominous. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there's a storm brewing it brews <laughs>
0: It's like, oh, what a nice storm you're brewing.
1: It's like, oh, I use my mum's recipe. Thank you very much. This is, you know, yeah, it's just, I I do like a cloud of milk. Oh, oh, so witty. We're starting off so witty.
0: Exactly. Hello. As usual. Welcome to Mexicans. Because we're Mexicans. And we can't.
1: We can't. We can't.
0: We cannot.
1: Let me introduce my co-host, he is the Sailor Moon and Curb Your Enthusiasm crossover that nobody asked for, Martin Leon.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, no,
1: no, it's it's an accurate description. I, that, I like
0: how you always roast me with some, I mean, that's a good roast. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> this is who you are. Like
0: my biography is just going to be your, the list of your roasts. I like it. I like <laughs> it. So, anywho, let me introduce my co-host, um... Much like a jellyfish, he'll sting you if you come too close and he has no use for a heart. It's Luis Augusto. <laughs> Jelly, nor a, brain.
1: Nor a brain. nor a brain. Nor a brain. I think I've, I actually think jellyfishes have a heart. And I don't know. Like I, Googled it I Googled it before I Googled. You Googled do... it?
0: Yeah, I, and they well, have I Googled no heart. animals without a heart and jellyfish. Animals covered. without a heart. And yeah. There's me. And there was like... just you and I'm like, no, 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 another animal
1: without a <laughs> heart. I, don't, I have no use for a heart. What do I need that for? Exactly. I was,
0: I was also going to go into like a Wizard of the of Oz thing with, you know, the Tin Man or something. No heart. If I only had a brain. But I thought, but I thought that was going to be too obvious. So. Yeah.
1: Also, jellyfishes, they eat and poop out of the same hole.
0: I didn't. Well, no. For them,
1: there's no difference. No. And why would there be? They're such efficient animals. Yeah. They're, they're like, why do we need another hole? Around. They don't breathe. Did you know?
0: No, they just. Well, I mean, they take.
1: They they breathe by osmosis. Yeah. Like they just oxygen, just they just happen upon oxygen. That's all it is, and then uh, they cause oxygen depletion because they grow in blooms and they 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 deplete the oxygen in entire areas of the sea. Wow. And they're invading. They're in. There's like a species of jellyfish that is. Yeah, I heard that. I mean, with that
0: something with something climate change was making jellyfish. Uh, come to places where they weren't
1: where they shouldn't before. be and they're like they're invading they're well, genuinely you know, like jellyfish
0: if, don't care where they should or shouldn't be they just
1: well yeah you can't really blame them I mean they're, they're just like I'm just floating like this is yeah. what I do
0: and I'm thinking about you know about like the usual you know transparent jellyfish but there's like huge jellyfish
1: no these jellyfish that are invading they're called I, I saw a, a video about this about two weeks ago they're called the Nomura and they that are sounds like an RPG enemy. Well, it, yeah, it is an RPG enemy indeed because it's um, it's kind of tan brown, very very big.
0: I know which one that. It's yeah.
1: like the size of a small washing machine each, and they just grow in these massive blooms, and they've they've like they've wreaked havoc with the Japanese fishing industry because the entire seas. Uh, like it's like the sea going. You took our whales. Now I have some more sea life here. <laughs> and the problem, with, the problem with these jellyfish obviously is that first of all, it's you can't really eat them. Like some jellyfish can be eaten. Really? Some some species, yes. But they're, like, their I can't nu- imagine their their nutritional value is zero. Yeah. It's next to zero. Although, wait for it. Someone's going to have the idea of making jellyfish chips, and they're going to be like fat-free and everything-free, and it's just like trace amounts of protein. And you just eat them. And people are going to be like, oh, it's the new trend. It's so good for you. Yeah. But the problem is that they... The new superfood, jellyfish. They invade entire areas of the sea where where they fish. And so if you, like, they pull up their nets and they're so heavy with jellyfish that they start breaking. Wow. So they've started making... (laughs) This is really, really impressive. They started making these um, ships that have, like, uh, very, very thin wire nets intended to cut through the jellyfish en mass, mm-hmm. and they didn't realize that uh, once you cut them, they can they still they can still reproduce, and they can like you're basically then it
0: was like Fantasia but in the sea.
1: Yeah, like the, you're basically what you're doing is that they um, they release their sperm and their whatever it is that they use to reproduce as soon as they're cut. So basically, mm-hmm. you just Causing Man. an orgy. and it's insane. It's insane. And you can't fish anything that's been just Mickey Mouse fishing, you know, f- on yeah. the
0: Japanese boat.
1: and the fish become poisoned, so you oh can't no. eat that fish now. So yeah, it's it's an invasion. It's an invasion. So yeah, fun facts about jellyfish: it fish again. Okay. I'm actually deathly afraid of jellyfish.
0: I mean, with it's, reason. It's
1: one of my like. Biggest and you lived problems. in
0: Australia. Did you meet anyone who was uh, stung by jellyfish? Yes, most people. Most people but have like, at least... The
1: thing is, there is, like, the two kinds of jellyfish that you have to be afraid of. And they always come out in the same months. So basically, oh, yeah. everyone knows that you have to avoid swimming between, like... I, I can't remember, it's probably, like, between uh, November and February or something. The, the summer, basically. And uh, they, they swarm in, and they are these jellyfish that look like a cube.
0: Box jellyfish. Yeah,
1: the box jellyfish. And they're actually the sting is awful. And there's another species of box jellyfish whose sting is sting is pretty much equally uh, lethal. This jellyfish just happens to be half a centimeter big. So it's pretty much invisible. Yeah. And it can cause things like paralysis, heart attack, and pain so excruciating that it actually drives people insane.
0: Wow. Yes. Is it true that you have to pee on a jellyfish? depends thing? on the jellyfish. I know okay. this because
1: I was a diver, and I know that it depends on the jellyfish. For um, for box jellyfish, um, vinegar, vinegar
0: is vinegar. the best
1: solution. Okay. So everyone who's swimming in Australia, or like in the boat or whatever, they'll always be carrying some vinegar in there, and some, well, the acetic acid in the vinegar is, the, is the, deactivates the stinging cells. Okay. But on other jellyfish, it's urine. Other jellyfish... They say just seawater, just like washing off the the tentacles with seawater, and just letting yourself be stung as much as you were, because most jellyfish are not are quite. Good. Why
0: do we go into the ocean? That is my question.
1: Well, because you know, life is so better down where it's wetter. Take it from me. That was the, well. We're still, anyway. Um Dusty is always greener in somebody else's like problematic accent? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I am and not Jamaican. Neither am I a crab.
0: Like no, is- no, no, no. You, what's with this? You're taking a job away from a crab.
1: I am so sorry. I am so um, sorry.
0: I did want to say uh, if anyone watched anything related to Ever After High last episode, I'm sorry. I mean, not sorry, actually. I guess I enjoy it. But I, the, the princess I was thinking about before that is A Little Princess by the movie, uh, the Alfonso Cuaron movie. Right. She's not an actual princess, but every, every girl is a princess.
1: I I never watched A Little Princess. I love that movie to pieces. A lot of people love it. I love it to a pieces. Lot of people love like
0: it. that was when I learned that movie was directed by a Mexican, I was like, wow, I could be a filmmaker. <laughs> and then I saw y tu Mama and I'm like, this is very different. Um that movie. I like that one. Uh yeah, no. I mean he's 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 a great filmmaker. Um but, it, but I I just love that movie and it has Everything great soundtrack, great acting. It's
1: one of those movies for me that I've always meant to watch. Like, come on. Everyone has talked about it for years and years and years. It's like the, only today I was talking to a co-worker and she told me that she something she said something about Patrick Swayze and Dirty Dancing. And I yeah. told her I've never seen Dirty Dancing. And she was like, you have to see it today. It's on Netflix. Watch it. And I'm, oh, because it's one of the movies in the, um, the movies that made us this yeah. new uh, docu series, uh, Netflix from Netflix, Netflix. Yeah. And, uh, she said, how can you never, and she's Israeli, so she was like, How can you have never seen Dirty Dancing? It's so good. And I was <laughs> like, I'm sorry, Avital, like I haven't seen I haven't seen her. But she's like, she's she's wonderful, but she 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 reprimanded me rather okay. strongly. I did. She was see, rather cross with me.
0: I did see Dirty Dancing like once growing up and then never again. And so in my mind, Dirty Dancing, uh this movie about the girl who wants to dance, um, the girl the the one that she's the video like She's at a like a metal shop and she starts dancing. What a feeling. That one.
1: What a feeling. And another feeling. and
0: another movie about dancing. They just in my brain. They're all together. There's a Kevin Bacon dancing movie. From Footloose, but, isn't that it? That one. So yeah. Footloose and Dirty Dancing in my brain. They're the same. Forever movie. intertwined.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, cool. until I
0: see them again, which I don't have any plans to do. It happens. I might watch it. Since, since, since It's like
1: most Christina Aguilera songs. I like them all, but they all blend into one song. <laughs> well,
0: Jeannie, Jeannie, I am beautiful. I saw her
1: on Saturday.
0: You saw? You went to see Christina? I did. Ooh, how was that? The, the tickets were given to me. Nice. No. No? It was
1: not good. <gasps> Why not? It was not good. It what was not happened? good. It was just, it was boring. I would boring. think it would have been a good concert. It was boring. There was a lot of Intermission. Like, there was a lot of... She does a couple of songs and then these screens fall down and it's just this video montage of her looking like, now I'm sexy. And then the sexy songs come on. And then another... The screens come down again. And now it's like, now I'm mysterious. And the mysterious songs come on. And there was a lot of breaks and a lot of costume changes, neither of which were good. Like, I'm sorry, the costumes were not good. Um, And she... I mean, she's an amazing singer, but I had such huge expectations... And I was bored to pieces. I was just... Mm, boom. Yeah. But, you know, fortunately I didn't have to pay. Yeah. I heard... And, and I have to say about like a fifth of the place was empty. Yeah. Oh, wow. We, not only has she left us, we have left her. So it's... <laughs> It's a it's a mutual. I did thing.
0: see some people I follow on Twitter uh, that are super uh, Christina Lera fans. They went and they were like, "Oh my god, Christina! She's so good." But, but you can never trust the fans with the how thing good is, are you? Why
1: was. are you a fan? That's the that's the question I always ask. It's like, why are you a fan? Because sometimes we're fans of something just because we've been fans of something for a long time. Yeah. So she was like, I mean, she's got some amazing songs, but I swear it was just like, no, sorry, like just. I wasn't did she sing from. Reflection? She did not sing Reflection. She sang most of her hits, I think. She didn't sing Come On Over, which was a shame.
0: I'm pretty sure I heard she sang a Spanish
1: song, song in Spanish. She sang Falsas uh, Esperanzas. Uh, okay. She sang that. And I think she sang something, something else as well. But uh, yeah, she sang Fighter, which I think is an amazing song. Um, but yeah, it was. I was. Just, I was just not feeling. Did it. you go with your boyfriend? Yes. Did he enjoy it? No. <laughs> no, she was. When I edit
0: this, I feel bad sometimes because I feel like I laugh a lot, and then I'm thinking, is my laugh annoying? Yes. I, thank you. No. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> So, anyway, uh, what's the Mexican stereotype for the today? The
1: Mexican stereotype for the day is very current, because this is us, the Mexicans. We are down with what is happening. Exactly. I mean, we it's are not going
0: to come out until current. next week.
1: But- <laughs> yeah, it's going to be old news by next week, but who gives a fuck? It's current, and it's happening, and it's now, and it's... Emiliano Zapata.
0: Zapata. I like how you went Emiliano with an English accent and then Zapata with a Spanish accent.
1: Well, you know what? The tongue does what it does. Just
0: you do have a boyfriend, so I assume your tongue knows what you
1: know what it's doing. No, I'm just I'm pretty much like Cristina Galera. Is like he's already here. He's paid a fair bit of money. You know, he may as well make the most of it and get a drink. You know, this is just my life is a Christina. In Aguilera concert.
0: Okay, so Emiliano Zapata, what do you know about Emiliano Zapata?
1: Okay, I know that he was one of the leaders of the Mexican Revolution yes. in the early 20th century. She, uh, she, <laughs> <ooh>. <laughs> foreshadowing, <laughs> foreshadowing. He, he, um, he was a commander of troops in the south no. of Mexico. He was from Morelos, yeah, like the state of Morelos, just south of Mexico City. Um, he was of very much a socialist both politically and militarily and you know he was um a big proponent of uh you know reorganizing the state so that it served the people and the yeah. the, the peasantry yeah because at that
0: point um a lot of people were working uh, lands that they did not actually
1: own like well, the, you know like, feudal system yeah So,
0: his main motto was, uh, tierra y libertad. No. Uh, la tierra es de quien la trabaja, meaning the earth, the, the, the soil should belong to who works it. Yes. And so he was all about taking, uh, the land of, uh, huge landowners and give it back to people that were actually, uh, working it so that they may make a profit, a fair profit out of their work. And, and yeah, so this was all through the revolution with Porfirio Diaz and whatever, and he was invited to like sit in some important portraits, and yes. then he was murdered. He was
1: murdered as it was as it used to happen uh, back then, um, in an ambush. Yes, he uh, he um, uttered or claimed that he. Uh, this is um, attributed to her. To him, Jesus, <laughs> fuck. Uh, this is attributed to him. The quotation: "It is better to die on your feet than to live on your knees." Yes. Um, he was. He was very popular with the people. With the people, um, especially because uh, we often think of fe- the feudal system as something that was very medieval and back yeah. in Europe happening. But the thing is that during the Spanish. Um Viceroyalty of Mexico uh they established a system called the Encomienda, which was pretty much a redressed feudal system where you mm. have very few. Very privileged uh people, a lot of people say, "Oh, but it wasn't that racist because some of the there were some of the feudal lords were indigenous, and this is true, some of them were, but they were of the noble indigenous families it's not yeah. like you know there was the dirt poor people were still were still dirt poor people, and it was it was a very um oppressive system, yeah economically. A, it, yeah, and this actually carried on well into the 20th century like it wasn't yeah. until the 1920s or the 1930s that you know, such a thing as people owning private property when they were uh, peasants actually started to happen. And he was one of the big proponents of uh, of that.
0: Of that, of like people owning their own fucking land. And of what were, uh, I don't know how to say uh, this in English, but tiendas de raya. That was, that was, that was one of the reasons why the relationship, because what happened was that, like, literally these huge landowners would quote unquote pay their workers. With um, with a coin that they could only exchange for product in a store owned by the landowner. So basically, yes. they were they were just stuck there. They were they were stuck there, and and they they had no possibility to do shit. And you know, of course, any sort of authority as far as police goes w- was meant to keep things going the way they were, as it usually
1: is. So, yeah. yeah so, what um, Oh, I, I want to say this. Because, well, first of all, he was killed at 39 years old. He was so, he was, so young. He dude. was very young. He was pretty much as old as you are. Just yeah, imagine. Four and, years older. Uh, a few years older.
0: Way, he has done way I,
1: more. I dare say your life expectancy yeah. is. Longer. At least. Uh, his last words, I really like this. I don't know if this is true, but this is attributed to him.
0: Well, there's a lot of like myth. we we'll about Various
1: sources. It. Various sources. But I like this because this is the kind of last words that I would say. When he was about to die, he said, don't let me die like this. Tell them I set something. which is which is just I hope it's true I don't think it is because I think most people's last words words is just like oh fuck you know it's just (laughs) fucking shit this hurts we are dead you know it's just like it's it's usually something like son of a bitch just dying um which is uh there is a um, there is a general I, I don't I don't recall his name I will find out for next episode I promise but there is a general in the American Civil War whose last words and this was actually recorded was don't worry lads we'll go in there and we'd, we'll be done before sup <laughs> and that was that was his that was and that was it yeah that was I really
0: enjoy what uh, what they say are Oscar Wilde's last words for oh. sure I've mentioned this in the
1: podcast. oh jewel
0: either the, those curtains go or I go yeah.
1: those to... curtains are awful no I, I believe it was those curtains will be the death of me <laughs> either they go or I go um, you would very much do that for your last word. yeah sort of like, I'd try you this is what you're wearing to my deathbed I should
0: have never could, adopted you you
1: could never put it together <laughs> for a special occasion you cunt you not know, <laughs> Um, Mother, how many times have I told you? So, I I lived in Morelos
0: for a couple years. And even though Morelos is named after one hero of the independence... Of the independence. Uh, They are far more... They're far prouder of Zapata being from there. So, like, the license plates have Zapata. Um, Like, Zapata's everywhere in Morelos because they're, like, super into it. And Zapata became, like, even though he was very much a real person and there are photos of him and everything, he became more of a legend than anything else. And part of his legend, to this day, remains, is this image of the, the revolutionary man who is very macho. So you have, like, the... The, the, the mustache. The guns, the mustache. The bandolier.
1: And, exactly. And the, the, the huge sombrero. The huge sombrero, which isn't actually a sombrero. It was a, a hat that people actually wore. Uh, yes. um,
0: he, because he was very much of the of his land. You know, he wanted to... He
1: kept an image of being a, a, a peasant, which was what yeah. he was born as. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. But the reason we're talking about Zapata... Yes. Uh, today is a very pointed one. <laughs> Tell us what has happened about Zapata in the last few days, Martin.
0: Okay, what happened is that uh, it's uh, it's been a hundred years since Zapata was born, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, they are they are celebrating some sort of centennial. So in Bellas Artes, which is one of them, which is um, one of the main museums and and like theaters. Uh, it's a
1: hundred years since he died.
0: It's a hundred years since he died. Yes. Um, they are make their their they have a collection of Zapata portraits.
1: They have. um, He was handsome. He was handsome. Like, yeah, he was. Seriously, the guy was. Yeah, the guy had this. He was he was quite good looking. I don't
0: think he. I mean, also he's unlike Pancho Villa, whose original name was Doroteo Arango, and he rebranded for because he kept his he kept his name. Emiliano Zapata, you, you know, know, it's it's it. there. Uh, Emiliano Zapata can get it. So, <laughs> so uh, in one of these many interpretations of Zapata, because uh, more than portraits, they are images of Zapata throughout the these 100 years since he died. Um, they one of them was painted by a gay artist, Fabian something or the other. Yes. Velasquez, Some asshole, yeah. And he, and the image he made of Zapata was
1: no, what the the no the artist, yeah. It was Titus Titus Titus. Yeah.
0: You. Something Titus. So he, so he, he, the image he made of, of Zapata is him completely naked,
1: almost completely naked.
0: Almost completely naked. He's wearing
1: a couple of high heels. Well, the... you see, you see the one. He's wearing the one high heel, but it's actually a pistol. Yeah, it's a pistol. I love it's it. It's very Bayonetta. Yeah, anyway. I love it.
0: And a pink sombrero, an amazingly fabulous pink
1: sombrero. He's got the ass going on, and it's like he's yeah. he he's he's
0: he has this very demure pose. He is riding a white, what I assume is supposed to be a horse, if the artist... It's a very... It's a stylized. It's a very stylized horse. Yes. And the horse is sporting a very... Interesting... No. A very... What's the word I'm looking for here? A very respect... No. Uh, an erection. I don't know what the word for it. it is. It's, it's, the horse is in a state of arousal. Yes. And... Zapata's wearing this pink sombrero the the heels and he's
1: a sash. and a little sash a, a with Mexican the colors flag sash.
0: Uh, sash and this image was the image that Bellas Artes decided to put on the pro- promotional materials for this exhibition cuz one act, of
1: many by the one way one of yes. many
0: but this one caught the attention of uh sapata's descendants and the people that are that and people from uh uh, farmers and I don't
1: know. He's got descendants. I've said it once and I'll say it again. If someone is planning a revolution, do not let them reproduce. Kill them before they multiply. This is how you crush a revolution. Jesus fuck! Oh
0: my God, Emperor Augusto, you're so. <laughs> I would be. I
1: already have the imperatorial name. I think I would be an amazing emperor. Yes, I think I would be like no revolutions for me. No, no. a quiet people. She's like, yeah, no, he's a revolutionary, fine. How old is he? 15. You can let him live a couple of years. But if he has babies, make sure he doesn't have babies. Just get rid of it. Get rid of them. Castrate him. Castrate him. Have him castrate him and then put him on a white stallion with high heels and a pink sombrero.
0: So uh, so his descendants uh, saw this and they immediately... First, they were going to sue... Best, uh, for what defamation I, don't, I suppose defamation yeah. and then um, and then this what happened was that this person brought a whole bunch of other people from his political group and they took over Bellas Artes and right now you can't go into Bellas Artes they've, yes. they've t- they've, and the thing is they want some people say they want the painting just to come down others say they want the painting destroyed uh, and Others
1: are writing crime fiction About Zapata as we speak I mean here's the thing This isn't By any means The
0: first time Zapata is represented as Homosexual yeah. And I have I've said that if he had been represented As a more masculine type of Like leather You know like a bear thing I, Maybe his family would have been like Oh no but maybe they wouldn't have gone To this extent because this this image I mean you have to think that Zapata is very much the image of the Mexican macho, the Mexican hombre.
1: But also like the you know, especially here's the thing, Zapata is usually considered The image of the better qualities of the Mexican macho, like he is a Mexican macho that remains relevant. The idea that he has a civic duty to defend the, you know, the defenseless, the the need, the needy, the the poor, the downtrodden. Would you say a Mexican Robin Hood? Um. Well, should I don't I don't know if he was precisely a Robin Hood as far as he was um, so selfless because he did go after political power. As most people were doing back then. This is not a bad thing about him. This is a bad thing about every revolutionary. This is why I crushed them. But... (laughs) (laughs) but the thing is that he embodies the the kind of Mexican macho you want to sit down and have a drink with because he is decent he is respectful he will take off his hat to say hello to you like the the old fashioned chivalrous straight
0: talking straight shooting straight
1: talking straight shooting chivalrous doesn't look down on people this is the the legend of Zapata that has kind of endured um, beyond his personal character but
0: it's also funny because um, this legend of Zapata when when it comes to his choice of partners um there's there's those that maintain that he was a ladies man and that he had sex with as many women as he could and i skimmed his biography uh, a few days ago and he was married a couple times and had children at least with one of those women yes. and you know like you Battles being what they are, I would assume that if he went off to battle, he would have maybe decide to have a companion, you know?
1: Some people sustain that he was, you know, a comadre? Yeah, really? no,
0: there's a whole biography that sta- that states that... Uh, I, I did not know this. That Zapata had, had sex with, was a man who... Here's the thing On the one hand They say that Zapata Was very much The kind of man That he will have sex With other men But be like You know Top only You know That he, he This is a sort of I know the type Exactly But on And they say also That he was uh, Very 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 uh, Against homosexuals So he would actually Kill Obviously Effeminate men Shoot them on sight Exactly And there's also this uh, There's this rumor uh they did when they did the drunk history for Comedy Central uh they used the, the version of the story where um Porfirio Diaz who was the president slash take dictator at the time his son in law had at some point employed Zapata as his uh caballerango horse keeper yes and stable hand stable hand yeah and there is there are those that will say that Porfirio Diaz's um, son-in-law and Zapata had a sexual relationship. Really? And that Zapata was allowed to go. He's like just leave, and and then uh, at that point the guy wasn't yet Porfirio Diaz's uh, son-in-law. So he, he was just,
1: pardoned. Yeah. He was like just drop. In fact, that's why. Drop the bullwhip. Yes. <laughs> just. Leave that whip where it is, and just leave. Exactly. Grab your heels, grab your sombrero. In fact, no, don't take your heels. <laughs> just, just leave the heels. Just leave the heels. And there
0: are other that, I mean... And here's the thing that annoys me when we're talking about historical figures that may or may not have had sexual relationships with people of their own gender. It's like people will say, Zapata was gay. And it's like, well, technically gay wasn't a thing that wasn't invented until... The 60s.
1: Gay is an identity. Exactly. Is. Yes. So, yeah, Gay maybe. Was a thing you... Gay was a thing you did, not really a thing you were. Exactly. You were. So, yeah,
0: and also if you're going to state that he had sex with other men, fine, but if he also had sex with other women and enough to, you know, and apparently enough to enjoy their company, not only like this is my wife and I don't even notice it well. Uh, I think that the, the correct, and this is me overcorrecting, but in my, he, I think at most he was bisexual, but there, are those, but there are those who like would love the idea of Zapata being this like super effeminate, super, uh, out there, you know, like guy. you know, this guy that on the battle, he's like, rawr. But then as soon as he got off the horse and into a brothel, he's like, Hey girls,
1: well, you know, people shots
0: are on me words. literally.
1: Ooh. I didn't know look, I didn't know any of these uh, of any of these rumors like to be honest, I haven't been such a like I've never read a proper biography of Zapata only knew what I was taught in school and bits and pieces I read since. But I see that's a new context for the painting because I thought the painting was more a commentary on macho culture or more well, a commentary, which it which is. It clearly is to a degree. But now, you know, playing on the rumors, then I can see this is not me being on their side, but I can see why a very proud descendant family of Sabata would like him to be, you know, would, would be miffed at him being I betrayed. I mean, as that's he was. The other
0: thing people are saying like, "Oh, it shouldn't it shouldn't matter that Zapata is represented like this." But I think like the reason why the artist did this is because it it Makes people uncomfortable because and it is. also
1: it's art. Yeah. So he can do with his art whatever he you know whatever he pleases. This is of course,
0: but also I think if he if if representing Zapata didn't make the idea of the Mexican March uncomfortable, he would have found a character that made them uncomfortable. Yes. I think he was trying. This was an attempt at a transgression, and I think the problem here is that. uh when the people, when Zapata's sentence saw this as the, as one of the marketing materials for this exposition, they thought, they're trying to say that Zapata's gay, when in fact, the, the exposition is saying, no, well, this just, I haven't to the exposition, I, uh, I don't, to be honest, if, if this hadn't happened, I wouldn't be, you wouldn't be considering going to, but, but, it was The position is more like, this is the way Zapata has been represented throughout these 100 years, yeah. and, which is dead.
1: People just focused on this particular page. Exactly.
0: So now some people are saying, like, Zapata is, like, the image of the revolution now. Because, like, some people say, like, Zapata would be in our side now. Like, I ah,
1: don't... I mean, he's dead. Who
0: knows what he would be doing? You may
1: as well just ask him. Yeah. But, hey, Emiliano. Take your... Take your... Oh. Take your, your, that stole? Yeah, right. like, <laughs> take a Ouija boy, you made him a northern man. Which he isn't, wasn't, wouldn't be,
0: right? No, according to me, everyone outside Mexico City talks like
1: that. Back (laughs) then, everyone was from Monterrey. Back Back then, then. literally, everyone just, yeah. Um, And it brought out this very, very, you know, the idea that a lot of people don't consider this a Mexican stereotype, but we are a fairly homophobic people. And, you know, it was like punches got thrown Outside there, yeah, no, the, the Palacio de Bellas Artes, which is a very interesting blood. thing. Palacio blood, de Bellas Artes yeah. was built by Porfirio Diaz mm-hmm. in his uh, infatuation with the European French aesthetic of the late 19th and early 20th centuries. So it was a very, it's a very interesting thing that they don't have a problem with Zapata being uh, portrayed, or or rather, a, a something in an some, uh, an exposition being made in homage to him. In the place that was built by the guy who was ultimately, if not directly, but he wasn't directly, but ultimately responsible for the movement that caused Habata's death. Mm -hmm. But they have a problem with the heels and they have a problem with the gay. And people got really steamed over it. And, you know, um, I believe that the actual definition is they're assholes. They're a bunch of assholes and they really should stop. And... I mean,
0: I think think there's that. I... I can sort of empathize with where they're coming from because, in the end, the whole point of the painting was this was to create this uncomfortable feeling, and it, it worked. worked, and it worked very well. Uh, and as someone who does uh, who does comedy from a gay man's perspective, I do have jokes that are meant to elicit un- uncomfortable feelings from the audience. But I don't want them to punch me or anyone.
1: Yeah. But Um. the thing is, when you're commenting on yourself, it's fine. But here's the thing. The people, his family and the people who supported his family. It's like like when Christians go to a rock concert and they go, but this is the devil. It's like, it's not for you. You're not the audience for this. Like, you you were not invited. This is not something that you should- But like... that's not true because they are
0: invited. This is museum. I mean, it was built on the idea that there's a class system and that class system should be respected. But Bellas Artes now, it's not a public museum, but it is, in that it's not free to enter to everyone. But it is a place where any everyone is invited to go in and watch the exposition. And it's- so I, I wouldn't no, say. I'm not this saying is it's not, not for them. For
1: like you. I would exclude them. It's just clearly not meant for them.
0: Well, I mean, I think if there's someone who sh- should be going there and who could probably have something very interesting to say about Zapata, it's his descendants. You know, I think.
1: Do they though? Would they? I don't know. I don't know if they have a right to say something because this is this is an artist's work. He's got his perspective. I mean, not about this artist's. Peace Especially definitely not not incite violence or condone it or, <laughs> or or ask for censorship or sue or Yeah, be no, violent of I mean I think artists. I think
0: I mean there's no reason I mean if they had taken the painting out, it would have been a huge, huge uh mistake. Um I mean I, I liked what someone said, it's like is this thing where like we live in this bubble in Mexico City where we think, oh, you know, things are fine now. And homophobia isn't a thing. Because one of the first things that one this the Zapata... It's Zapata's grandson, if I'm not mistaken. uh, Said is, you know, the usual... I have nothing against people. I respect gay people. I even even have friends who are gay. Uh, But then, like, two days later, he was saying... um, uh, Zapata wasn't gay. He was a real man. So it's kind of like this thing. So I I don't find him to be... I find this to be the more common type of homophobia you see in all of Mexico. Yes, definitely. And I think that, I mean, I don't know, I don't know what does it, put, because I think the point is at some point you have to make them see, this is also a valid representation of, of Zapata because Zapata is no longer just your grandfather or no longer just the, the person that it, it started your fight as uh, people that work the, the earth. But he's also what people outside Mexico think about when they think a Mexican man. What a lot of us uh, gay gay kids were told this is what a real man is supposed to be. And I don't think that we should just discard the idea that they could have they could have an interesting dialogue with a piece of art, even if they immediately their immediate reaction to it at first is, "I want this to be burned."
1: That is not an interesting dialogue. Here's the thing, they could. But they're not. They could argue and they, go, they could say, okay, but why, where did this come from? And this is my perspective. But that's, that's you imagining them as more civilized as they're, than they're being. Yeah. They're not being that civilized. And if anything, they're not, make, they're not helping the image of the Zapata estate s- such as it is. By being the people who's just like, Oh my god he's got heels on, just like tear the whole thing apart. That's just... the other
0: thing, it's not only he's got heels on, it's not the usual sapata painting and he's got heels on. This is very this is a very effeminate painting. Oh, oh
1: yes, he's right. look him up, by the way. Zapata <laughs> yeah, I w- and and that's C H A I R E Z.
0: And I will put it all all over our social media. Yeah. Uh and, I mean, he, he has his back towards the camera and it's very coquettish, uh. Pin up, it's a pin up it's kind a pin of up, thing, yeah. But, but not the, again, our gay, you know, dick in front, pin up. It, this well, is, the horse has his dick out. Yeah, but, you know. Clear, but I'm not clear, into that.
1: Clearly the horse is having a good time.
0: Well, I don't know. The face looks really uncomfortable.
1: Well, you know, I mean, he's got a very <laughs> painful erection that nobody's taking care of. I mean, who when wouldn't have I, when that uncomfortable I, expression?
0: When I did uh, *Cristiada*, the movie, we had a lot of we had a lot of um, horses around, and the horse that Andy Garcia rode on was this huge black stallion, and the horse that his first in command um, rode was this white um, mare. Mare. Thank you. Uh, and so. It was really, really hard to get a shot of them together because as soon as they were anywhere near to each other... I mean, someone said, like, that's not even realistic for a, for a horse cock. And I'm like, no, yes, it is. I've, it's, I've right seen, it's right there. It's yeah. I've seen it. I've seen and it. then, like, one one day we had to, like, stop filming and just put them really far away from each other because in the middle of a shot, Andy Garcia's horse tried to mount the mayor and with the other guy still on it. So it was, like... We're we're thankfully don't know what you've got. Well, I
1: said it before, and I'll say it again: women and cinematography (laughs) don't mix. And that's the last I have to say. We've been talking about this for forty minutes. Yeah, no, boy, do we say a lot of rubbish. No, we, do. we Should don't Should we move into the topic at hand? Yeah, we're
0: talking about Disney villains
1: Today's topic is Disney villains Because we did Disney princesses last time And, and now it's the good stuff Because both <laughs> Martina and I, we identify with the villain Because we, did. we just didn't have enough love well, in our childhood, really And that's princess. showbiz <laughs> Kid So, so you,
0: you start this time So Okay,
1: it, we're going to play our usual the game The
0: Mexicans game, Who You Want to Be who you think you are, and who you actually are.
1: Okay. So, Luisa Gusto, who do you want to be? I want to be Jafar. Oh, really? Yes. That's I remember plain. I remember watching... Here's, it's it's a very childish thing, but I remember watching Aladdin uh, as a child. And I really... First of all, I really like magic. I really like the idea of a wizard and a, a warlock. And, yeah, sorcerer. And I like how Jafar is, you know... It's one of these tropes that I just can't get tired of, which is... I don't know if, if it exists on TV Tropes but if, if it doesn't. I'm going to create a page for this. The vizier always did it. Because every time, every time you have a reasonable figure of authority who is innocent and rather naive, and he's got this really street smart, very efficient, usually, very efficient um, vizier or, uh, counselor. But for me, even the word sounds sketchy. Vizier. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's the kind of, it sounds like parcel tongue, doesn't it? It's like, vizier. <laughs> you know, it's a very, snake. yeah, it sounds like a snake. And Jafar, I liked how Jafar, he was basically keeping the empire running because the, the, uh, the Sultan is an idiot. He's playing this weird game with the weird pieces. And Jafar is just like taking control of everything. And he wants more power. And he knows that he will never be the sultan because he lives in a monarchy. So if anything, Jafar is a hero of the people. And (laughs) I like how he, first of all, he starts with this very basic magic. He's got like hypnosis. He can mind control the sultan. And mostly he's just an expert manipulator. So he manipulates Aladdin because he knows he's not innocent enough. To enter the cave. He's, he doesn't have the virtue. Yeah.
0: Well, there's only one person who can enter the cave.
1: One person. And he brings Aladdin, who is the uh, diamond in the rough. Yes. And he brings Aladdin and tells Aladdin, just bring me the thing and so on. And then he kills him or tries to kill him because he's a very efficient guy. Okay. And he comes so close. The thing is, he comes so close because he one of his wishes is to be Sultan first. I like how he, he goes through his <laughs> three wishes in the matter of... Ten minutes. First, yeah. he wishes to be sultan. So what that basically means is he's wearing the white, which does costume not suit change. him. Does Yeah, costume change does not suit him at all. And then he's like, that's right. I still need more power. I wish to be the more power, most powerful sorcerer in the world. And he becomes the most powerful sorcerer. He's pretty much unbeatable at this point. Like, there is no way you're going to beat the guy. And then when he's fighting Aladdin and he's pretty much won the battle and Jasmine is almost he's dead because of, Jasmine is drowning in sand because she is placed in a gigantic hourglass. Uh, yeah, hourglass and then he becomes a snake and he's about to kill Aladdin and Aladdin just goes wait you're not the most powerful thing in the universe because the genie gave you your powers and he, he can take them away and that's how he ends up being you know defeated yeah, not he- even defeated but trapped because yeah, he is so... Yeah. His lust for power... But, think, but like, so because
0: in the it's end, so the, whole, the whole thing is he is, you know, being in this thing like he... You know, they they do, they do say, you know, that he, he's good at manipulating people. That's his uh, strength. That's his stick. And that's the thing that brings him down. He's manipulated yes. into wanting uh, a power so huge without thinking, oh yeah, but... the lamp.
1: But the consequences. But the thing is, there were no consequences prior. He became the most powerful sorcerer in the world and there were no consequences. He yeah. was pretty much all-powerful at that point. But I, I want to be him because he is, like... He, he makes the most of a situation and he he kind of, like, has something to... I don't know. He's resourceful and he is fun to watch as well. And I like how he is, like, very... In the end, very easy to manipulate. So I want to be him. He's okay. endearing, hes endearing to me. And, and so.
0: who do you think you are? I
1: think I am Ursula. Okay. Because... Again, a similar thing. Ursula is this very powerful being, very powerful, magical person. She's a witch, she's got magic, and she is basically Satan. She brokers deals and ends up with slaves, and she lives in this amazing skeleton of a giant whale, whatever it was. And her only gripe with life is that she is no longer invited to the palace. Like, the, the whole retcon of Ursula having been Triton's sister is from the musical. In the movie, she's just, like, bitter because she says, I used to live in the palace. But she is lying down... Maybe on the,
0: she was a vizier.
1: Maybe she was the vizier. <laughs> but she was lying down on on a bed, eating shrimp, just having, like, a leisurely life. And she still wants revenge. So she's petty that way. Uh, but she's also quite clever. So I, I, I think I am her. My pettiness does get the better of me,
0: and you are I
1: actually am Dr. Facilier from the Princess, oh, World.
0: an amazing villain,
1: very good villain again, un- as underrated as the movie he's in, um, and
0: a great villain song,
1: a great villain song, a great villain concept. I like how in that movie, they kind of like touched upon most of the You know, bits and pieces of African-American culture. And he was a a part of the uh, African-Caribbean voodoo kind of um, aesthetic. So he clearly has... He actually looks like a god from uh, voodoo who's um, Baron Samadhi, who is one of the the death deities of, of voodoon. And I like his suit. I like his... Skull makeup. I like his top hat. I like like he's a very like a showman, and he's just like yeah. doing the jazzy thing with his shadow. And dying. I like because he, because he has from
0: Jafar uh, the the cunning, the man, the being able to manipulate people, the 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 verb as it were. Yeah, know, he's very, and from Ursula, you also have like this magic and the the deal breaking. You know, he's also he's you know, if you come here, you want this. You can have it, but I but I will need this from from you. So yes. he's like,
1: but in the end, what the, the big reveal is that he, the power was never his. He was brokering power from these lower, from these um, death deities, yeah. and in the end, he doesn't like. There was a secret bargain that we didn't know of, and he didn't keep his end of the bargain, and so the death deities reach out from the ground From the and they underworld. they grab him they drag him to a tomb and in the tomb his face in this horror scream is just left as uh, in the stone of the tomb which is horrifying disney deaths. disney deaths. and it's such a good death and i like how he is clever funny he's cunning he's a con man and i love yeah. the con man archetype but in the end he's like he's one of them one of trying, the trying to survive
0: more worrying... and i'm including a scar in this but he's one of the more worrying... Um, um, death. Uh, well, killing when he kills the, the the firefly. Yes, where he just goes. It it sounds. It. I was. I was. He was
1: merciless. Uh, but I like the reveal of the fact that he was just trying to come out of his own deal, on top, and he knew that it was probably not true. And the whole idea was that uh, there was this um. This late motif that was associated with him, which was the the death masks just going dun 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 and that was his song. Mm-hmm. But then when they take him, that late motif starts sounding again. So it wasn't him, it wasn't his power, it never was his power. It was these death gods that he struck a deal with. So he fell into his own into his own trap, basically. The lesson is do not strike deals with de- Afro Caribbean death gods. You know this is this should be this should this be this should be, the, this, should, this should be taught in schools. This should be taught in school. Like voodoo, not a good idea. Oh
0: my God. Anywho, uh,
1: so don't voodoo what your teachers say. Voodoo what your teachers do. <laughs> Yay! Uh, and
0: that's it. That's it for me. That was, that, that was it. That was
1: it. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, okay. You want to be.
0: I want to be Ursula. I want to be Ursula so bad. She is a queer icon, for starters. Yeah. Uh, I don't mean that just because she was based on divine her, her body, but she's just, she, I mean, I think, she, you know, you have to have fun with being bad. And Ursula has fun with being bad. You know, she, it's not this whole thing where like, oh, I am, I, I'm bad, but I'm sub, no, 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 she's like, uh, she, she she's knows, having the time of her exactly. life up she until has her death two of the best henchmen uh, Flotsam from, and Jetsam Because they don't talk that much Which is good uh, But they also work as accessories For when she's singing You know it's fine That you can have like a henchman That also
1: She's like doing the whole <laughs> exactly. Seven veil dance Yeah she's sexy She's super she's sexy She's actually very sexual That's kind of like The the, um, the symbolism of Ursula Is that Ariel is You know This woman This girl on the cusp Of womanhood Yes And then Ursula Is all hips And tits And just yeah. like Jiggling all about And she's completely Like very low back dress she's Very low back Strapless. Whatever that was Whatever that was she has eight tentacles. She has eight tentacles. Like, you know, for, for you Japanese listeners out there, in case you're interested. Exactly.
0: Uh, she has one of the best villain songs. Uh, Probably
1: top three villain songs. Yes.
0: Yeah, like, we, we need to talk about that song in a second. But uh Poor Unfortunate Souls, it's... Amazing, and then you know when her when her plan starts unraveling because she sends Vladimir and Jetsam and they like prevent Ariel from kissing. But then she's like, no, "No, no, 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 no! I'm not gonna leave my lackeys to do the work. I'm gonna make sure that bitch remains the mermaid makeover. And... Exactly. So she becomes—I forget the name of her of her human.
1: Oh God, what was the name of her human? No, I don't know why it wouldn't
0: be just Ursula, but she, you know, she
1: knew that Ursula was an evil name. <laughs>
0: And I mean she has the best Vanessa animation. Vanessa
1: Which is also a very <laughs> evil name. <laughs> she may as well yeah.
0: Uh and you know her faces, you know, she has she has great villain faces, you know, the with the and crazy. Vanessa eyes. is voiced
1: by the same voice actress that did Ariel. Oh because she, oh, because of course it's she's her. She's using Ariel's voice. But she does uh what was it what was the name of the voice actress? I've got it right here. Um, something Benson Jodie Benson Jodie Benson yeah. and it was really good because Jodie Benson really brings the evil of Ursula into Ariel's voice yes, which was not an easy thing to do no. but she was like she has this moment when she's singing in front of the mirror and standing <laughs> standing on the on the little credenza thing and going like yeah I don't give a fuck I'm going to yeah, marry me a prince and it's going to be fantastic
0: and keep that Triton's daughter and, yeah. and then she grows huge
1: Yes, how did she she had the um she, she had, had the, the ship. No, <laughs> she had the um
0: the trident. The,
1: the trident. The, the trident exactly. She and the held crown. the trident and the crown and she became a a huge kraken of a yeah. of a thing. And apparently kraken are uh, filled with air because all it took was a small prick because literally the ship was probably yeah. like com- by comparison the size of a dog, of a small dog and it pricked her side and apparently that was enough to bring her down. Well, you know, I'm not sure did, how she, she did look like she was filled with a bunch of hot air. Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I would have liked more of a fight. I think her death was a bit of a, you know, she became this huge thing, and the the setup was there, and I think it would have been something more along the lines of the final fight with Maleficent, which was like seriously yeah. desperate, increasingly desperate, and oh my god, he's going to die! No wait, he's going to live! No wait, he's going to die! Oh my god, it's a blah, blah, blah. and then she finally loses, but apparently. A prick is all. Sometimes a prick <laughs> is all it takes to bring down a queen.
0: And I want to be Ursula. Uh, I think I am Cruella Deville.
1: Oh, I forgot about Cruella. Cruella is yeah, amazing, so too. Good. Her entrance. Oh my god. My like, darling, oh, I'm wretched. Wretched exactly. as usual. She's just like. This. She's said,
0: You know, she is a diva. She has exact. Opposite body of Ursula. She's just... She's Lean and mean. Thin. Uh, but she's a style icon. She's a style queen, you know? Yeah,
1: she is. She likes and, her fur.
0: And she... Another person that enjoys being... enjoys being her brand of you Because she, she's she, she's not going to start murdering people left and right. But she will murder every, every, every animal in sight.
1: Which, <laughs> you know... I mean... Like... <laughs> In the grand scheme of things. Exactly. And it's just like... And
0: even though I love the Glenn Close interpretation of credit de Ville, she's was amazing, was yeah. the animation for uh de uh in the movie, like, just her huge coat, just that huge coat yeah. she was yeah, taking she, everywhere. Can see she's...
1: Like painfully thin, yeah. and it's her huge coat that gives her the presence. Exactly. And then she's got like the hair that looks kind of like she's she has never seen a hairbrush ever. She doesn't bother with that. But right? she
0: still manages to have like half of it white and half of it black. Definitely. And I love I love her song, even though it's not her villain song. It's a song that uh, Roger uh, makes for her. Yes. But one of my favorite uh... and her name Cruella. Deville, oh, Deville. How could just, you name your daughter like that and not expect her to be a murderer? Oh yeah, Crella from
1: the Boston Devils. Yes, <laughs> yes. But at her car, her car. She goes. Her car, goes, her car is evil. If yeah. you remember, her car has the the headlights like, like this
0: evil she, it's, 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 well, glare. Yeah. And I think I'm here because I, 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 you know, for the same reason. I think I'm poison ivy when I want something. Sometimes I'm just like, raw I'll take." I'm it. just gonna take this exactly. And one of the, and she, she also looks, she also looks very comfy in a bed, as I, whatever else. But that that scene where she's where she's reading the newspapers, where you hear like, ah. Oh, Dog napping And he's like What a tragedy What a tragedy And then you know Whenever she calls Whenever she calls Horace and Jasper She's like You idiots And sometimes when I'm doing My stand-up comedy workshops I'm like You (laughs) idiot That doesn't work
1: I like that she Is technically Friends with Annie Yes Like Anita 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 darling Uh, And she's got like And how did this friendship begin Because in the in the, in the film adaptation, mm. the, the live action adaptation, they kind of smoothed over this. This was actually what I would consider a very effective live action adaptation yeah. because, first of all, it wasn't really so much about the dogs. The dogs were non speaking parts. They were trained dogs. And it was more about Cruella yeah. and the, uh, the, the humans of the story. So you had like, um, the idea that Cruella was this, Fashion magazine tycoon, yeah, she was a fashion designer, Anna local. Wintour yeah. type thing, and Anita was one of her designers. She was working for her, but in the in the movie, it's never explained. They just happen to be old friends. It's like Anita, darling, yeah. she just enters, and you know, Roger can't stand her. And then my 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 biggest gripe with Corella is, like, girl, you have a fabulous coat. <laughs> Like, look at the coat you're wearing. It's fabulous. Is it maybe that you want the coat to match your hair? That there was a there was a terrible. Hairstyling accident Now it has to be Black and white <laughs> It has to be Black and white Because you know There was like You fell like, You fell on the bleach But only part of the, Like there's a painful like story Like Two-Face
0: But just for the air. Yeah
1: there's a painful story There that, we, that is I not being told. I think
0: I do want to I do want to cosplay As gender-bent Crowley At some point
1: uh, She's Yeah She's You definitely have to Crowley
0: Anywho crawl. And then I actually am Actually, I'm Scar. I knew it. <laughs> I knew it
1: because you're surrounded by idiots. I'm surrounded
0: by idiots. First, I mean, to be honest, when, when I when I first uh, saw The Lion King, I am very much related to Scar because I'm the younger brother. I'm the younger brother, and I need to suffer a lot of fools. And he's so classy too. Top three villain songs too. Be prepared.
1: The Nazi song. <laughs>
0: and then um and then just the way in which he you know he, he he's also very like cunning and yeah very sarcastic i love he's his, a shakespearean villain his, i love his as sense he of humor. should be yeah
1: he's just like this completely megalomaniacal you know and when i
0: first saw it, you know you have to you have to think that i did really relate to him because i had an older brother who was like good at sports who might, you know, was the apple of my parents' eyes.
1: My parents made me live in the skeleton of an elephant. Basically.
0: <laughs> and then, and then, of course, me over-dramatizing. I was like, oh, of course I'm Scar. Because I'm sensitive and I read. Um, Scar never read. You don't know that. Just because he's a Although lion. Although do, you
1: don't achieve that level of verbosity without... Picking up a Shakespeare, anyway. <laughs> He read Hamlet's like, ooh, idea. Aside Did of you know. this,
0: uh, Luis Augusto lent me oh. uh, William Shakespeare's Star Wars, the first one. Verily, A New Hope. That was going to be my... Um... Accommodation? I'll, I'll, we'll talk about, we'll talk about it later. Yeah. Let's talk about it later. Okay, so that, that's why I, I am... I, I think I'm Scar. I think I'm... Scar. Well, I'm sorry. I am Scar. This is me. I, I, will, I will take this identity... Until I find another villain that I...
1: The thing I like about Disney villains is that they never forget to give them just the right amount of endearingness. Yes. Or at least awesomeness. Like, there has to be something awesome about them. Otherwise, it doesn't work. So, like... Ursula, I remember, I remember watching The Little Mermaid back then, and I did not have an aesthetic for camp. I didn't get the campiness until later when I was like, oh my God, she's fabulous, you know, but back then it was just like, she's a bit disgusting, she's like very, like morbidly obese, and not only that, but like, she, although I do like octopuses, it's my favourite animal, she, they use the octopus motif with her very effectively because she's, it's black, her body is black, and she, she has the tentacles and holding things and just like very it, she's meant to be to make you feel uneasy, yeah. Though, with the way she talks and the way she is, but she does have this charm about her. Like Ariel enters her cave and she's coloring her lips and just like, what do you want is ma? And she just like, she's like, don't forget the importance of body language. language. And she's very very funny. I mean, here
0: is I'm. Lots of props to all of the Disney writers, we, and every movie has like 20, but uh, it's because every villain uh, sort of embodies, especially after the second rounds, the, the second rounds very much embodies the like what obviously is the bad concept, you know, the, the, the shadow of the story. So you have uh, a little memory is about you know meeting a person and blah 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 and innocence you, yeah innocence. And, and and you have Ursula which is like it doesn't matter it's your it's body language you know and
1: Aladdin who is very humble and very mm-hmm. good hearted and he has no ambition yeah he doesn't want to be rich he shares the the very first scene we have with this... The bread. And he steals the bread and goes through all this trouble to steal some bread. And then he ends up sharing it with a child. So he's, like, very selfless. And Jafar is the opposite. He's completely selfish and he's very self-obsessed.
0: Yeah, he wants everything.
1: You have, yeah, the polar have
0: You have Gaston with Belle. You know, Gaston is a very superficial person. uh, And there's not, you, you know, this idea of don't judge a book by its cover is like don't judge don't judge the beast by it's he's very majestic he just
1: wants to marry Belle because she's beautiful yeah and there are these three gorgeous blonde triplets as far as I can see who are behind him like oh isn't he dreamy and he ignores them. like no step away from me I want that reading weirdo right there the one I have nothing in common with she is you know, she's going to fight me all the way to the altar. I want her because she, he, sees her yeah, he sees her as a prize. Right. Toxic masculinity. He sees her as a prize and obviously he's a hunter. So that works with yeah. the whole thing of the hunter kills beasts and the beast yes. has a heart and is the polar opposite. So they they do that really well, but they also do it in a way that you find it entertaining to see them. It's not a villain that you're like, well, there's nothing likable about you. Like, you know, Well, skip that's a, that's ahead. a thing... Uh, because
0: they are sinister, but also they have some. I mean, in a lot of the movies, they are the best. They have some of the best lines as far as comedy goes. Hades in Hercules. Hades! Is oh my
1: god! Why did we not? Comedy mention gold.
0: H- because neither of us is Hades.
1: <laughs> I want to be Hades. I'm going to change mine. <laughs> I want to be Hades. He's just like, "I'll just take one minute of your time." I'm a I'm a quick talker. Just, he's like this used to have and I love the
0: story for how Hades became the Hades we saw cuz like originally the the director had the idea of Hades being like this very sinister and very, you know, like uh intimidating person. And when James Woods James came into Woods. the into the recording booth... The
1: great, magnificent, and very Republican James Woods. Yes,
0: him. Uh, he literally said, like, no, why don't we make him basically a car salesman? A car
1: salesman, exactly.
0: And it worked amazingly. I mean, that's the thing with Hercules. I love every character, but the movie in itself is going... Yeah. yeah
1: the movie is... It, it, it's, it's always going to have a very special place in my heart. I yeah. love, I love Greek mythology, and I love that they, they chose that as a story. And I love all the little nods they do to the various myths and the various yeah. monsters and creatures and whatever it is. But what, what, which
0: one is it that I? Oh my god, there's so many. But anyway, uh, okay. So one, this question: Is there one villain that you find particularly? Yeah.
1: Let me think, because, oh my God, all the ones I can... I, like, Maleficent is by far the best part of her movie. Yes. The Evil Queen is the best part of her movie. Yes. Um, I love Madame Medusa.
0: Oh, and I also love the bad guy in the other... In the second Rescuers,
1: Rescuers film. He's the great. other bad guy, he kind of was like the opposite of what a Madame Medusa was, because Madame Medusa was kind of an idiot. Yeah. And he was actually this very efficient... Poacher, And he yes. was like this... And he had
0: like this lizard. That was- the
1: lizards and Joanna. <laughs> the iguana. Because, they, because they, they did not have to be subtle by then. It was a simpler time. And he had this huge, like, Humvee kind of huge military vehicle. And he had this very strict discipline. I'm going to hunt this eagle. And he was very cold-hearted. He was very, like... Yes. He, he never even got angry that much. He was just, like, annoyed. But he was very efficient. And he, all he needed was his knife... And, you know, he would just yeah. kill that eagle because he wanted to. Speaking of
0: toxic men that I would date, oh, God. Gaston and this guy. <laughs>
1: what was the name? I can't even remember his name. I don't know. He was either. Australian, so, you know. <laughs> pick an Australian name, you know. He was just... Uh, David. <laughs> Oi, David.
0: So... I else?
1: don't think there is, there's a villain. That I mean,
0: should... one of my favorite villains, and she doesn't even have to have any powers for for it is uh, Cinderella's stepmother Madame She has a name Tussaud Madame Tussaud No
1: it's not her name But I just went with a madame
0: uh, But she Because she's You know she also has her lackeys Which are the stepsisters But she's very sinister And she doesn't need any power Other than the power she has over Cinderella You know
1: I would probably choose her as the villain I could do without. Because okay. she never gets a line. She never gets a, a thing of, ah, that was clever, that was good. Not
0: clever, but the line <laughs> she goes, like uh, the line she goes, uh, well, yes, the invite did say that. Every maid, blah, 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 blah. She's just very, yeah, she's not, as far as humor goes, uh, not at all humorous. But, I, I mean, I remember there were several uh, scenes with her, but I was like,
1: I don't you like... bitch! Even the bit villains, like, for example, Lady and the Tramp, the Siamese cats. Ooh. They were assholes, and they were very racist, That's a very racist caricature. But then again, it was a simpler time. Let's yes. just... Let's that be... But they also, they, they, they also have a good song. <laughs> <laughs> they have a good song, even though it's completely racist and awful <laughs> and inappropriate. But it's like, they just have the one scene. You never hear from them again. Never. They just, they're just this, these awful... Awful beings. Yeah, they're just, just like two and cats. They, they, you know, do the head this, thingy this, and just...
0: This is... I don't even know this, but, like, uh, Walt Disney did not like cats. Uh, that's why Mickey Mouse was a mouse and Pete was a cat. And right. so it wasn't until after Disney, Walt Disney died that they had a cat in a, a, as a hero.
1: The Aristocats.
0: Which, the Aristocats. Yeah. Shere Khan, by the way, amazing villain.
1: Amazing villain. But then, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say... I wouldn't say it's Disney so much because Shere Khan was probably the one thing that they kept from the book. Yeah. Like he was this really bloodthirsty and awful. And when I read the to, actual yeah.
0: jungle book, I it's oh. it's sad that Ka, which in the book is, uh, he goes and helps uh, Baloo yes. uh, save Mowgli from the monkeys. Like in the movies, like it's a snake, she's about.
1: Yeah, a snake has to be evil. <laughs> a snake has to be evil. And Car in the, yeah, the original, I loved, I, re- I remember reading The Jungle Book when I was about, like, I don't know, eight, probably in school. And um, I remember, like, I hadn't seen the Disney version. And then we saw a, a film adaptation of it. And it was actually quite close to the book. But yeah, Car was this really wise, very helpful character and they blended it with this other snake that appears in the book which was this white cobra that was blind oh. and that was so ancient that she knew or no, He, I think it was a male actually Um, he knew like things that had happened at the jungle and it was all about the the wisdom of the jungle and the lore okay. of the jungle and whatever but yeah Carl was again very funny villain hilarious very creepy song he, <laughs> he gets this creepy you know going on very very quickly Um but it's what's what's the song like? Trust in me, yeah, I like Car Car's yeah. Trust
0: in and me, and the same voices Winnie the Pooh, by the way. Oh really? Uh Yeah, Uh the same voice actor. Um, I, I
1: think I like most Disney villains. Like I, I, just I, I think the
0: one. one that I will think, you know, the villain for the Aristocats, the Butler. Uh I mean, Aristocats is one of the weaker Disney movies in general. Like yeah. I like it because I like cats, and I saw it with my with like I saw it growing up, and I liked it. But it's, I think that villain, he's not funny. I mean, he is funny in this, like, ha ha ha, the bad guy. You know, the kind of, yeah. The Vizier. Yeah, exactly. He's
1: the Vizier. The thing is that The Aristocrat, The Aristocats, uh, is a coming home movie. So he just plays the role of having them sent away and just basically just getting rid of them. And then the entire movie, or most of the movie, is just them trying to get back. So it's the environment that is really the challenge. You know? well
0: there there is a thing that the the butler I mean they do have sort of defeat the butler at some
1: point yes no they do but the thing is that he doesn't really appear that much he just no. starts the plot um yeah the butler is forgettable like i, I didn't even think of him for a reason, but for no. example um King John in uh, Robin, Hood. Robin Hood is hilarious yes. I think he's so funny oh, it's so, the thumb. So, yeah the the thumb sucking King John. Um, who is like this lion without a mane, and yes. it's all the the whole the, the symbolism of he's not really a lion. And then you see Richard return from the Crusades, and he's just like, this "Hello, I am Richard Lionheart," and just so I, I think Disney does a really good villain because they really strike the balance between he, it has to be scary enough to be clearly you know the stuff of nightmares, but it also has to be kind of like. Um, harmless enough that be, that kids will go. Oh, but you well, know these things are not real. That's a right. thing. I
0: mean, I, a lot of there's a lot of people are saying like, how can you like what like how can you show like, for example, like the pink elephant song, whatever to children? It's like I didn't I don't remember being to enjoy being scared as a child, especially with a movie that I know that it, this is just a movie. You know, like. Yeah. Yeah, I am terrified of de Ville, you know, like, raising towards the screen with her red eyes, just going crazy.
1: I was never terrified.
0: Ah. Uh, like,
1: the terrifying things for me in Disney movies, oddly enough, had nothing to do with the villains. Okay. So, for example, traumatizing things. Things that traumatized me as a child, Disney. Mufasa. The scene... No, Dumbo. Oh, my the God. The scene where his mother is in the cage... <gasps> And Any she can't reach him except by reaching out with her trunk and rocking him to sleep. I was just, right now, just remembering this. It's just so... Like, Disney knew what he... That motherfucker. He knew what he was doing. Because what could possibly be more heartbreaking for a child like than seeing... Breaking. Uh huh? Your voice is... Yes, like a it. little bit. Yes. There is a heart somewhere in this jellyfish. <laughs> there is a heart. And... Just the, the idea that a mother can't reach her child. It was just, oh, like terrible. And then Bambi. Again, oh the villain God. is never seen. It's man. Never. Like men. <laughs> no, and, yes, and totally. the, um, they did this uh, thing of the AFI's list of 100 years, 100 villains. Ursula, by the way, uh, not sorry, Ursula, um, Deville Deville is 39th on the list. But man... I think, let me, I don't know if it's first or it's one of the, is it the villains? Let me see. Uh, Bambi is number 20. Number 20 is man from Bambi because we never see the man who shot Bambi's mother. But it he was just
0: us all, and all traumatized the same. us all.
1: And then again, the villain, you know, the scar is not the scary thing. The scary thing is being a little boy and seeing your father dead. It's yes. like the situations are the heartbreaking thing. Belle and you know Gaston is like Gaston is an arsehole and whatever. But the horrible thing is Belle seeing her father in a, in a cell. Yes. in a cold cell coughing and just like this guy's gonna die like Disney knew that the real horror is the stuff that really happens like separating families this, this one's for our US listeners like separating families you didn't see Bambi as children or you didn't get it it was like fine it's fine to separate exactly. so, the mother has no papers why should she get to be with her child
0: <laughs> so two questions uh, quickly before we finish uh, one your top three Disney villain songs
1: Villain songs, yeah. all right. Oh, so many, so many, so many. I am going to go with. Oh, I want to talk about. Sorry, really quickly about yes, the, um, about the weirdest Disney movie of all time. Not that that I don't enjoy it because I enjoy it very much. Sky High, The Emperor's New Groove, and the Oh villain My God, Isma.
0: Oh my god
1: Izma is amazing and oh voiced my god. voiced by the late great, great. Eartha Kitt and she was just like, pull the lever. <laughs> she's got this are like, Just like... And I love this quote that she has. Like, I know what I'll do. I'll turn <laughs> him into a flea. A harmless little flea. And then I'll put that flea in a box. And I'll put the box in another box. And I'll mail it to myself. And when it gets here, I'll smash it with a hammer. And she does this whole... Like, she's so over the top. And you could tell Eartha Kit is having the time, the of, time of her life. life. So I'm going to choose... A very unusual song For my first one Because She had a song Originally In that movie When it was A more traditional Disney movie Before they decided To change it into Whatever the fuck Happened Came out Although Like David Spade Is great in it John Goodman Is a treasure Yes Um, if Kronk is just, he just, I, I, I just like, oh, right. The poison for Cusco. Cusco's poison. The poison's going to kill (laughs) Cusco. It's it's such a great movie. And so weird. But Yzma has a song and you can listen to it on YouTube. And we're going to link to that song in our social media. It's called Snuff Out the Light. And I'm just going to choose it for number one because very few people have actually heard it. They recorded the whole thing. Um, Eartha Kitt is obviously fabulous in it. She was in her 70s when she recorded it and it, she, may, she may as well have been 35 because uh, she was, yeah. She, like And the song references a plot that was aborted because originally what she was was she was a necromancer. Her, she had powers of a death and mummies and so on and she wanted to live forever and she had this idea that the thing that makes people age is the sun because the sun has this whole symbolism for the Incas and the yeah. whole movie was said yeah. the Inca empire and so on so the whole song is about her planning to block or destroy the sun there's basically.
0: also <coughs> this it's on YouTube This documentary called Kingdom of the Sun which it was directed by uh, Sting was Sting the guy that did the song for did the song yes before? by his wife by about his wife, the whole that process that was the
1: original title for the film Kingdom yeah. of the Sun and it was just it, it, it went through so many edits and cuts that it whatever came out is, is funny but hilarious it's funny like the way like a dog without a leg is funny like <laughs> just just stay with me stay with me I'm not saying well
0: I can't leave I only have three legs
1: just <laughs> a dog without a leg not necessarily a dog that is suffering because a dog once they get over the fact that they've lost a leg they it's just quite. they cope with it quite well yeah. I mean I've never seen a dog be like oh I'm not gonna wag my tail anymore because I lost a leg they just keep going but they go in this hobbly kind of way and that's kind of like the Emperor's New Groove <laughs> so I'm gonna choose snuff out the light from the Emperor's New Groove as top one uh Second favorite song has to be Poor Unfortunate Souls from yeah. The Little Mermaid because it's just Shakespearean in proportion. It's basically a song about the devil, and she goes this hill of like she wants to lose weight, but he wants to get a girl, and who helped them? I did, you know. She's she sings a villain song about herself as if she were the hero, and I like that about that song. And I think my final song, I'm just gonna have to go with. Friends on the Other Side from, yeah. uh, from uh, The Princess the princess and the Frog. Because I, I love the rhythm. I love the visuals of it. I love how he plays the cards and he shows them the cards. And there's like, are you ready? And he's like the sweetie And the, the voice actor. What's the name of this voice actor who's got the deepest... Like his voice is like... A warm bath of champagne. Well, for me it's that's Markiplier, but... No, let, me, let me just... <laughs> Uh, I'll find out, but you tell yeah. us your top three My top three, uh,
0: I would start with Poor Fortune Souls, yes I love how it has like three sections It starts with, you know, her describing herself Then when Ariel says when Then there's a part of her convincing Ariel To give up give up her voice And then this whole part where she takes her voice You know, like, where it just goes into Full villain with like da 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 I That has to be number one for me uh, although I do love "No the Light," number two would have to be uh, "Be Prepared." Uh,
1: yeah, the Nazis. The Nazis on, but it's it's amazing, and you know, it's just... the rhyming is great, the singing is fantastic, the no. visuals. are... and cute.
0: it has some really good uh, humor in it. Oh, yes. like some Damn. really cute uh, things. Definitely. Uh, and then and I, I it, and also it because it was sung both by Jeremy Irons and another. Uh, Disney singer?
1: They did a Leah Salonga thing.
0: Yeah. And, but, but, but it's, it's, it's seamless.
1: It's completely seamless. Yes.
0: And then number three would have to be, uh, Mother Knows Best.
1: Oh, I forgot about that. That is such yes. a good song. It's- and
0: again, uh, Mother Gothel, she isn't like this huge witch or whatever. She, she, she basically has like, the power to remain young through, and it's not even Rapunzel's hers. hair, yeah. right? Uh, but the, but the, that that song. The thing is, you know, I love uh, I love Mother Gothel because she's very much this thing of like how utterly horrifying a relationship with someone who you think cares for you can be without you even realizing how it is psychologically.
1: You know? It's terrifying, exactly. Be- and and you see, I like that song because you see. There's this point when, you know, Rapunzel is like, I want to go out. I want to see, you know, look at this. Isn't it neat? And she's this whole I want song. And then she's like, Rapunzel, come on. And she starts singing the song in this very nice way of like, skip the drama, stay Stay with with mama. But then she starts scaring, genuinely emotionally abusing Rapunzel so well. And so, like, in such a good manipulation of Rapunzel's emotions that when, after she scares her with the tricks of the light and, like, oh, the plague and the blah and the sing and the blah, and she appears and she goes, and she opens her arms and Rapunzel looks at her right. with this complete, like, oh, my God, my mum is still here. And she hugs her, but with this genuine feeling of, thank goodness I have you. And uh, and the, and Mother Gothel, Mother, Mother, uh, <laughs> Mother Gothel Strokes her hair And says Rapunzel Don't ever leave this place again Done Yeah It's it's like It's and, so dramatic And it's that so line
0: wonderful. that she has with her says Because uh, Because Mother Gothel says I love you Rapunzel says I love you more And then she answers I love you most Is this line where, she, where like, They say it's like Oh it's a cutie line They say to each other But then when you realise That this is what she's saying Like yeah, I am, not only, I love you most, and I, I, you, I am the only person you can turn to in any yes. situation. For me, that, 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 that line. It's that a
1: fantastic line. song. I did. I, I, I wish I'd thought of that, but I'm happy you did. So, uh,
0: just before we finish, uh, five minutes to talk about this. What do you think of this, these whole trend, uh, trend? Cause it used to be like you had a villain, it's like, oh, the villain. But now you have all these movies where the villain is revealed, you know, like, oh, like Frozen. Uh, Coco, um, you have, uh, Zootopia has, has that. Yes. Uh, wreck roth has that. Yeah. Um.
1: Well, it's basically just, I, I blame Harry Potter. And okay. not in a bad sense. Harry Potter was written, uh, at least structurally, as a police novel, as a, as a sleuth. story of there is a mystery every year and who did it and these are the suspects and the new characters come in and you know there's a very Hercule Poirot kind of quality to it and the thing is back when Disney was in the second Renaissance and obviously during the first um, golden age uh, most of the stories were fairy tales so most people Mm. it wasn't a surprise to anyone who the villain turned out to be like so if it's not a surprise, then why not just run with it and have the villain be revealed to be villainous from their looks, even from their very looks. And even like, uh, let's say the anti-heroes or the anti-villains, like for example, um, Yago, the, um, uh, the parrot, <laughs> Jafar's parrot, yes. who ends up not being so terrible in the end. Like he does have like this kind well, of- Well, in the sequel. In the sequel. <laughs> in the sequel, but he, and even in the first movie, he's just like a lackey. He doesn't even get something terrible happen to him at the end. What happens to him at the end? I he gets cool.
0: trapped in the lamp with Defar.
1: Oh, he becomes trapped in the lamp. Oh, no, no that's terrible. Then I mean, what am I thinking about? No. Um, but then the, the idea that you could establish the villain, like, just from their facial features, from the very beginning. Yeah. The only shock, I think, would have been maybe Gaston. Like, Gaston at the beginning, he's more funny than menacing. He's just like, yes, and I will marry her and so on. And he doesn't seem very sinister. Yeah. Uh Until after the Gaston song, when they do the reprise, and he's like, "I'm gonna put Belle's father in the, yeah. in the uh, insane and asylum." And that conversation
0: he has with the guy with the, of the, the insane of asylum. Of the insane
1: asylum. But before then, he's not really that sinister. He's kind of like funny, like how Belle is so above him. But he gets the stuff. So he was actually a surprise villain to a degree. But a lot of the villains, they were like, we know. <coughs> We know this guy's the bad guy, why waste your time? But then you wanted more subdued villains or more contrasted and nuanced villains. So you had the subversion of the perfect prince turns out to be the bad guy in Frozen. And, well, actually, Mother, Mother Gothel is never uh, implied to be anything. Other but than a yeah,
0: well, I mean, you can see she kidnaps Doctor Facilier.
1: Always the villain. I mean, in
0: Wreck-It Ralph, uh, King Candy. The thing is, I think that there's a lot of kind of forgettable villains because they're they're like surprise villains, but like the main story doesn't have to do so much about them. Like King Candy in Wreck-It Ralph. Yeah, he's the one that takes like the game from Vanellope. And wreck Ralph, and Ralph, uh, defeats him in the end, but he's not, you know, he, he's never, he's, he, you know, he never has this, old, like, he doesn't have the villain song, he, he never, like, uh. Well, there are no songs. In no. And, Ralph. and then you have, like, uh, the guy in Coco. My <laughs> suggestion for anyone who murders their best friend and takes their music is do not make a movie in which you confess to that crime. But then again,
1: <laughs> he wanted them to remember him, so, <laughs> so that's why. Um, I, I did like the revelation in the um, the Zootopia because once again, Zootopia is a police buddy cop, very much a kind yeah, of kind of movie. So um, the revelation that in the end it's the it's her, Bellwether, uh, Bellwether, the uh, the non predator, the mayor's assistant, the, 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 herbivore. the herbivore, yeah, yeah. the herbivore. Prey. The prey, yeah, the prey who is actually this really manipulative, you know, son of a bitch that essentially is trying to make the predators look bad so that she can get rid of them and so on. I like that reveal. I remember seeing that reveal and saying, kind of, kind of could see it coming, but I remember being very, very invested in the fact that, who's the bad guy? Who's the bad guy? Is it the mayor? The mayor is too obvious. The mayor wouldn't, it wouldn't be the mayor, but who would it be then? And so on and so forth. So I thought that was a good reveal. Some of them are better than others. The one in Frozen is good. Yeah. I like the reveal in Frozen as well. Although he doesn't really get to do anything too evil, it's all about Elsa learning well, he, to unfreeze he, he, people.
0: Yeah, no, but he did uh, sort of, he was trying to get uh, Elsa executed.
1: Well, yeah, but I mean, Elsa was killing a lot of people. Yeah, but not on purpose. But she was killing like, a lot of people. Who, I would
0: have who, executed who her. Who hasn't frozen a lot of people? I would have by executed accident. her. I would
1: have executed her. Because most of the people are implied to be living in the countryside, not in the city. So I'm pretty sure many thousands died because of Elsa letting it fucking go. So let's just <laughs> let's just leave it at that. Let's just leave it at that. I Fine. think I think a lot of the Fine. consequences were let's like Let's just
0: leave it at that. Yeah. Um, so, so What do you recommend this week?
1: I recommend you spoiled it for me because I'm I wanted sorry. to sorry you said Shakespearean I'm i recommend uh, a trilogy known as William Shakespeare's Star Wars written by Ian Dosh or Dosh Dosh Do, <laughs> D-O-E-S-H sorry D-O-E-S-C-H-E-R Dosher, I guess um the first, part what, of which is called, the first part of which is called Verily, A New Hope. And he basically took the Star Wars trilogy and wrote it as if it had been written by Shakespeare. And it is beyond brilliant and hysterical. Just everything. Did you read the whole thing? It's I read just, It's just absolutely wonderful. I love I mean, how... I, he made, um, R2D to a speaking part, but only when he's in soliloquy. Yeah. So he's like, I shall only beep and bloop whilst this fool is blah 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 blah, but then I will pretend to be a fool and so on and so forth. And, um, I would like to read, if I may,
0: a yes, small, a please.
1: small, uh, I would like to read the prologue. Yes. Yeah, sorry. No, I
0: was going to say that what I love about, uh, this, uh, this book is in my, in my, what, what I was, at one point, in my, when my brain started thinking, it's like this is what happens. Like after the rebellion happened, uh, a William Shakespeare of a galaxy far, far away, a long time ago, uh, wrote these. Just like Shakespeare wrote his own yes. things, and the, like, like I, Henry the Fourth. So I'm thinking, yeah. how would this be represented in the Star Wars universe? I
1: would totally, if I had enough money to throw away, I would seriously produce this trilogy if it hasn't been done already, I'm I would sure like. some And everything is there. Every little scene, every little moment is right there, but obviously they describe a lot of the things because you can't have a death star on stage. A,
0: and you have a lot of uh, self-like um, soliloquies. Yes, stage. a lot of
1: like, I feel this thing and I feel this other thing and so on. And I, what I want to read is the prologue because it begins with a chorus as many Shakespearean plays do. And this is actually the, um, the, the opening crawl of Star Wars in the yellow letters but it's just it's it's written so well and let this be a, a taste so it's <clears throat> it a period of civil war the spaceships of the rebels striking swift from base unseen have gained a victory over the cruel galactic empire now adrift amidst the battle rebel spice prevailed and stole the plans to a station to a station vast whose powerful beams will later be unveiled and crush a planet Tis the Death Star Blast. Pursued by agents sinister and cold, now Princess Leia to her home doth flee, delivering plans and a new hope they hold of bringing freedom to the galaxy. In time so long ago begins our play, in star-crossed galaxy far, far away. I think Uh, it's just... It's brilliant, beyond brilliant, and I have all three books, and I strongly recommend... And
0: there are certain... Not only uh, are There are other parts that are... Of course, you have Chewbacca, Garrido and Java, who have like parts, but they, and of course they, they follow the, the meter, but they're just sounds.
1: They're just, yeah. And I think it's just amazing. You can find uh, the whole thing. Uh, there is like a Royal Imperial box set that includes the three uh, tomes and a full color poster because you have these wonderful illustrations of the characters in Shakespearean garb and um, they're actually, uh, I don't know if they are uh, On sale in Kindle They should be if they're not Yes they are okay. And they're pretty much just as expensive So you may as well get the book because it's wonderful So that's my recommendation, what about you? Do you know Chris Fleming? No I do not I will
0: show you a video just now of Chris Fleming But I recommend his uh, full stand-up comedy hour It's called Showpig uh, It's on YouTube uh, Chris Fleming is known for Gale A web series about a about a woman like a, a, suburb, a from a, from suburbia, and she's crazy. And Chris Fleming, he, he has he he he's one of those people. He just his body is made for comedy. You know, he's very tall and very lanky, and he moves in very like jarring ways. And his comedy special Shopig is Show pig. Show pig. It's amazing. I, that's all I'm going to say. Uh, thank you so much for listening. You can find Luis Augusto at Mr. Drama. Everywhere.
1: And you can find Martin Leon at Mintonorel everywhere as well.
0: And you can find us at Mexicans in most places too. So have a nice week. Thank you for stopping by. I need to go pee.